Hey everyone, welcome. My Hello. name's Josh. This is my beautiful wife, Danielle. It's been a couple of weeks since we've checked in with you last, so just wanted to provide a couple updates for you. First, I, uh, or Danielle, gave me a haircut. She's a certified barber now. Not really, but I think it turned out pretty good. It could be much more, I guess. <laughs> Seriously. At least I don't have a bald spot somewhere. Uh, well, maybe in the back. <laughs> just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So we also got an instant pot, which we faced our fears and finally got one. And it's yeah. it's not that bad, I will say. Yeah, the house hasn't blown up. No, yet. and I hope it never <laughs> blows up. So not we're really. all good there. Um, we've been taking a lot of walks pretty much every night. Good news, I see a dog almost every time. <laughs> There's a lot of dogs. Yeah, a lot of dogs. And I pet all of them. <laughs> As you guys probably are well aware, it's broken 100 degrees outside. It was bound to happen eventually, but oh my yeah. gosh, it's very hot outside. So those Stay walks, indoors. Yeah, don't go anywhere because of the temperature. Because of the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of those walks are, walks are happening like after 7 p.m. because it's so hot outside. So you guys are probably enjoying time outside as well. Um, but we also hope you're staying home and staying safe also. Yeah. So just a couple quick announcements for you. Uh, first off, if you're new here, welcome. This is our church, at least the online portion of it. Um, if you're a regular, we miss you guys. We love you. We can't wait to give you a hug when we see you again. Um, if you are new, please fill out a connection card so someone can reach out and say hi to you. There's a link that'll be in the comments below where you can do that, or you can do so on our app. Yes, we have an app. You can download that on the Google Play Store or the Apple iTunes Store and fill out the connection card there. On the app, you can also do a lot of other things like follow along with sermon notes, watch old sermons, listen to our worship team's awesome uh, Spotify mm -hmm. and uh, Apple Music playlists. You can uh, keep up to date with events and give on there as well. And if you do give with us, we want to say thank you for that. We also have a Facebook page, which you are likely well aware of since you are here right now. Yeah, but if you haven't yet, please push like because that gives you a way to get notified when we're going live, but also kind of keeps you up to date on what we're posting regularly. We also have a website. ElementCityChurch.org is our website. And when you go to that site, right away you're going to see um, two buttons. One that says, I need help, and the other one that says, I can help. So if you are able to help, Click that so we know that you can be a volunteer if something comes up. Um, and if you need help, please push that because we don't know unless you let us know. And we want to make sure that we know if you need something so that we can serve that need. Next up, we're going to do communion later tonight after Jack's message. So um, in preparation for that, if you could grab um, a drink, whether that's water, juice, wine, whatever, and um, some type of snack, whether that's a cracker or a piece of bread, gluten-free, with gluten, we don't discriminate. Um, just have that ready to go for the end of Jack's message tonight. He'll lead us through that. Um, also, um, just wanted to say again that we love you guys and we miss you guys dearly. Um, I can't wait to gather back together with you guys and celebrate uh, in the church building. So, um, but in the meantime, if you guys wouldn't mind, snap a picture, uh, film a quick video of just whatever you're doing, whether you're getting a haircut or walking your dogs um, or, you know, cooking on the Instant Pot and not blowing up the house. <laughs> whatever you're doing, share it with us so that we can put it in a montage and uh, just enjoy seeing all your guys' wonderful faces. Yeah. 
So we're going to pray right now. So again, every week we've been selecting a new church to pray over. So this week it's Rincon Baptist Church. So I'll go ahead and pray for us and then over Rincon Baptist Church as well. All right. Jesus, thank you so much for the ability to even meet in this way as a church family. Um, I just pray over everybody that's meeting together right now, Lord. I just pray a blessing over them and their families, a prayer of protection and safety over them, and Lord, a prayer of um, healing and recovery if they need that as well. Um, Lord, I just want to lift up Rincon Baptist Church to you. I want to lift up their leaders. I pray for um, wisdom and, again, protection over them. Um, I pray that they um, would continue to be strong leaders toward their church family and that the people um, that are a part of that church family, Lord, that they would be safe, um, that they would continue to stay connected to one another, Lord, and most importantly, stay connected to you. Um, so, Lord, in this time, I just pray that we are free of distractions and that we can focus on um, what you have for us today. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's get ready to worship. Here's to the one who made the morning bright Here's to the one who taught the stars to shine Here's to the one who graced the dead of night Pulled me from the dark, set my heart alight Oh, oh Here's to the one who taught my heart to sing Opened up my eyes, washed away my sin Here's to the one who gave his life for mine Broke all my chains and set me free All right to the way Oh, oh to the truth That your love has done Here's to the way you are To my past Here's to the future And the things to come Here's to my Savior's Everlasting love To the way
Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, is my song. You are good. The king of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my song. Let the king. The king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my son. You are good, good. Oh, you are good, good. Oh, you are. You're never gonna let me down. No. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let.
Oh, how high would I climb mountains If the mountains were where you hide And oh, how far I'd scale the valleys If you grace the other side And oh, how long have I chased rivers From lowly seas to where they rise Against the rush of grace descending From the source of its supply Cause in the highlands and the heartache You're even more or less inclined Oh, I will search and stop at nothing But you're just not that hard to find So I will praise you on the mountains And I will praise you in the mountains in my way You're the summit where my feet So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows No me astray, cause you're the heaven where my heart's in the highlands, in the heart of gold, the same. Oh, how far beneath you glory does your kindness extend the path? From where your feet rests on the sunrise To where you sweep the sinners past And oh, how fast would you come running If just a shadow me through the night And trace my steps through all my failure And walk me out the for who could cherish in that mountain, the valley hill called Calvary? But for the one I call Good Shepherd, who like a lamb was slain for me. And I will praise you in the mountains in my way Cause you're the summit where my feet So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful in the night leads me astray Cause you're the heaven where my heart
Welcome, friends. It's good to, to be with you again virtually and uh, connecting. And today, as we kind of dive into the message, I want you to take your Bibles and go with me to John chapter 16, the very last verse. Um, and I hope and I pray that this would kind of boost your confidence in Jesus. Uh, if you're someone who's kind of tuned in and you're investigating who Jesus is and what church is all about and glad that you stumbled here and I, and I hope and I pray for you that you would find Jesus to be more and more captivating and beautiful in what he's expressing and what he's offering here for you and for me, for those who would put their faith in him and in John chapter 16, uh, the last verse, he has this promise that is so powerful and so palatable and, and so beautiful, even I think especially for the, the season that we happen to find ourselves in. So as we work our way and we get there in a second, I want you to think back to uh, any kind of report you've ever had to write um, uh, where you had to ask questions to investigate in order to, to dig up the story in order to write the story. You had to ask some Probably you remember these six one-word questions. All of them except one start with the letter W. Do you remember what you had to ask? You had to ask about the what, the where, the why. That's right. Maybe you filled it in there. Uh, how was the one that uh, that didn't start with the letter W. So the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how. And you'd ask those questions in order to get to the answers you needed to write the story. And the why question was always probably the most challenging question. There's so many different variables that factor into that, and often it's the one that 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 causes um, us to to elaborate and to, to dive in to think deeper about what is actually causing this and why is this unfolding. And 
if we're honest, the why question is pretty, pretty prevalent uh, in this moment. A lot of people asking the why question. The why question has been around for a long time. It's when your kids are two or three years old and they start asking, well, why, well, why, well, why? Well, that doesn't go away, especially when tragedy strikes or heartache or suffering is a part of your story, a part of your life. You, you find yourself asking that why question. The why question has been around since the days of Job, all the way back in the Old Testament to so many of the Psalms are asking that why question. You think about the whys of life when you think through the 20th century, the 21st century, and the famines and the genocides and, and all the, the, the killings of humanity doing unspeakable harm uh, to them. You think of 9-11, you think of the COVID virus, and just there's so many why questions that get stirred up in these moments. Like, why do bad things happen to good people. Why all of this? If there's a loving and powerful God, why is this unfolding? And maybe you've asked yourself that question. Maybe you've been wondering that question. I, I, I read a story of a, a commission survey that was done years ago that asked people, survey nationally, of if you could ask God one question, what question would you ask him? And the answer for what people put forth was, why is there suffering in the world? Uh, John Stott, uh, a biblical scholar, wrote this statement. He said, The fact of suffering undoubtedly constitutes the single greatest challenge to the Christian faith and has been in every generation. Its distribution, its degree, appear to be entirely random and therefore seemingly unfair. And unfair is the feeling you have when suffering or pain or heartache or trouble comes and you find yourself asking the question, Why? Why? Why is just a challenging question to get around? And so this statement that Jesus makes doesn't fully answer the why question, but I think it, I think it gives us leverage to understanding, to be able to, to lean into those questions with a little more confidence, a little more certainty in the midst of uncertain uh, circumstances that might be unfolding. Uh, John 16, Jesus is unpacking the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's unpacking the, the fact that we're going to have this advocate that's always with us. And he has this incredible promise. And at the very, very end, he says uh, kind of this idea that this advocate, this Holy Spirit is going to be with us and all the ups and downs of life. And then he makes this incredible statement. Here's what he says. I've told you all this. He's unpacking exactly what's going to unfold for him as he makes his way to the cross and eventually the resurrection but even beyond just that moment that he's speaking into, I think he's speaking a promise into your life and into my life as he says this. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Not peace in your circumstances, your scenarios, the situations that are unfolding around you, but you may find peace in me, Jesus says. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but you take heart. Because I've overcome the world. In this world, you will have many trials and sorrows. I think, friends, it's important as we navigate sorrows and, and, and suffering and struggle and challenge and heartache. What do you do in those moments when you're asking why? And it's hard to, to really get a nailed down answer to that. Sometimes we understand why this side of heaven. Sometimes we're not. Uh, and it's challenging. 
I want to give you an illustration. I want to unpack a few things here that I think from a biblical perspective can help build a, a solid foundation for when we're wrestling with those why questions. Uh, the illustration is this. Uh, a few years ago, when U of A football was good, let's remember those days, um, and uh, we got to the Fiesta Bowl. And so our family decided to go. We're big fans. And so we went to the Fiesta Bowl. We're coming back. It's New Year's Eve. We're driving back from Phoenix back to our house in northwest Tucson. And, and uh, we've come back to kind of this back roads, what we call through the um, state route. I think it's 79 through Florence and back. And it's a two-lane road. And it's pretty late after the game, and it begins to snow. I know, Tucson, right? Uh, it begins to snow, and not just snow, like a little bit here or there, but like actually snow, like Midwest-type snow. And I remember the wipers are gone, and I'm, I'm gripping the wheel a little bit tighter, and I'm trying to figure things out. And into that moment, I'm realizing I, I'm struggling to even see the white line on the edge of the road, and we're kind of in a two-lane road, desert on both sides. I don't want to put... Our, our car into the ditch or anything. And, and what we noticed in that moment was a kind of a, a bigger truck that was out in front of us. And I began to focus on his taillights. Uh, he probably had better lighting out front or more headlights or fog lights or whatever it was going. But he seemed to be moving along in a pretty decent and, and purposeful pace. And so I just started focusing on his taillights, knowing that if I can focus on that, maybe not everything else is clear, but if I just focus on that, it's going to get me to the destination of where I want to go. And so as we look at that, I want you to think of what we're going to unpack here in the next couple minutes. It's kind of like those lights. I think when you're going through suffering, you're asking those why questions. We need some points of light that, that give us hope that we're kind of moving in a direction that we need to go, even if we're obscured from knowing all the complete answers of everything. But we can keep following and God can keep leading us in a way that gives us some hope and it helps us get to the destination that we want to get to, even when we can't see everything clearly. So there's some biblical truths that I think are help illuminate our way, even when we're struggling to answer the why questions. And the first one is for us to remember and understand that God doesn't cause evil and suffering in our world. He's not the creator of evil and suffering. Uh, a lot of people ask the question, well, if God created everything, why didn't he just merely create a world where tragedy and suffering just wasn't part of the experience, wasn't part of the picture? And the answer is, well, he did. Uh, Genesis 1, 31, at the end of the creation story, God looked at everything and he says this, says this, God saw all that he had made and it was good. It was very good. And yet, we know that's not how the story continues to unfold. Something transpired that changed that. That into that moment, uh, because God has always existed in, in perfect unity of Father, Son, and Spirit outside of time, and He wanted to create humanity as His ultimate creation, that He would give us the, the power to choose. He would give us the power to love. In order to have the power to love, you've got to be able to have the ability not to love. And so free will or free choice is given because love is always involves a choice. It's not love if it doesn't have a choice. If my daughter has a, a doll that maybe has a string on its back and you pull the doll and it says, I love you. Well, does that doll really love my daughter? Well, no, it, it's created to say that. In order for it to be real love, you have to have a real choice. 
And so free will is a part of our humanity, a part of our understanding. And in our understanding and our free will, we made a choice. That's Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3 kind of goes through this story of humanity choosing to go, God, we reject what you're asking us to do. We want to be our own gods. We want to be the ones who are large and in charge. And so we're going to go our own way. And into that moment, sin enters the world. And it enters the world and it fractures our relationship one to another. And it fractures our relationship with God. And it fractures creation and begins to have this uh, moral impact and this natural impact into the whole world around us. And moral evil and natural evil just becomes a part of the story um, that we begin to choose and begin to, to have things unfold that we could choose selfishness or arrogance or to be uncaring or to be hateful or abusive. And we see the ramifications of that playing out and it causes us to ask the why question because people aren't choosing love, they're choosing selfishness them, themselves. So they're choosing greed. And so they put that forward and that self-centeredness or begins to have ramifications into the natural world order that hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes. And that wasn't part of the natural order of things that God created. It was the ramifications of sin fracturing everything. Romans 8 says this, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Then in other words, nature longs for the redemption to come and for things to be put back the way it was. So God didn't create evil and suffering in the world. It happened. And part of that's understanding that even though it stands outside of God, he's still present in the midst of that with us. Maybe another point of life is that though suffering isn't good, God can use it to accomplish some good. Suffering isn't a good thing. But God can use it to accomplish some good things. He, he does that by fulfilling his promise. The, the end of Romans chapter 8 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Notice the verse doesn't say that God causes evil and suffering, just that he promises to cause some good to emerge from it. It doesn't say that we'll even immediately see that, or even this side of heaven that will understand it all. But he will cause good to come from that. And he doesn't make that promise for everybody. He makes that promise to those who have said yes to Jesus, who have built a relationship and, and established a relationship with God through faith that even though bad circumstances may befall us, he will cause good to emerge if we're committed and we're following after him. Uh, the Old Testament tells the story of, uh, you remember Joseph, right? And Joseph is abandoned by his brothers and sold off into slavery. And just it just seems like one heartache after another, after another, after another un unfolds for Joseph's life until one day he interprets Pharaoh's dream and he's suddenly made the prime minister of Egypt. And, and he has the dream. And this dream that Pharaoh had was that there was going to be seven years of good and then seven years of famine. And Joseph interprets that. And into that moment, he steps and he begins to build the barns to, to save food for those seven years of famine. And then his brothers, who are far, far away, end up making their way to Egypt. And Joseph reveals himself to them that he was the one that they sold off. And here's the verse he says to them after he's revealed his identity. And he says to them, you intended harm for me. 
But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. In Egypt and the region all around, people were saved because of the good God allowed to be to come forth and emerge out of the tragedy that Joseph had to deal with and unfold. And I'm sure he had lots of why questions in those moments. I think another point of light for us to kind of focus in on is that the day is coming when God will have a final statement on suffering, when suffering will cease and God will judge the evil of the world. A lot of times you hear people say, if, if God has the power to eradicate evil and suffering, then, then why doesn't he do it? And the answer is, just because he hasn't done it doesn't mean he won't. He will one day. Uh, if you were to pick up a book, right, and read halfway through the book and then put the book down and say, well, this author doesn't really know what he's talking about. He doesn't resolve the conflict, doesn't really develop the characters. So we would all look at that and look at you and go, well, you only read half the book. Like, of course, you're not going to have a full answer. The, the whole book's not done. It hasn't unfolded. You, you don't have your mind around it all yet. And the scriptures declare, one day God will make it right. One day he will resolve all things. I love what Peter writes. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some interpret slowness. He is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but for everyone to come to repentance, to say yes to Jesus, and to find that life with God is possible, not through our human effort, but because of Jesus' sacrifice, his resurrection, him making a way for us to have life with God that I think it's evidence that God is a loving God. Even with all the evil and all the heartache that unfolds around us, when we ask those why questions, God doesn't abandon us there. He says, one day I will make it right. I will set it right. You know, Jesus said in that John 16, 33 verse, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. A lot of religious leaders have just tried to ignore and say, well, heartache and pain, that's just an illusion. No, Jesus kept it real. Saying in this world, you're going to have many troubles, trials, but you take heart, for I have overcome this world. The amazing thing is, Jesus said that before he ever went to the cross and before the resurrection. He went to the cross and he rose again to prove that he really is the one who could say, I have authority. You can find peace in me. Hey, you're going to have trials and troubles, but you can take heart. I have overcome this world. Suffering doesn't have the last word over you. Death does not have the last word over you. Jesus has the greatest and the last word over you as a follower of him. See, God's ultimate answer to suffering isn't an explanation. I'm trying to answer the why question. It's not an explanation. It's the incarnation. Suffering is a personal problem. It's a personal journey we navigate, and it calls for a personal response. And so God responded in a personal way. His very Son came on a mission for you. He isn't some distant or detached or distracted deity. He's dialed into your life, friends, and that He came on a mission to, to reach you and to, to, to meet you in the up days and in the down days, and the, uh, and the highest mountaintops and in the valleys. Uh, I love what Corey Ten Boom wrote as she was part of a Nazi training camp. She said, no matter how deep our darkness, 
God is deeper still. So when tragedy strikes, when suffering comes, when, when you're wrestling with the pains of life and, and what it brings, as you turn to choose Jesus, as you turn to him, you can find peace in him, peace to help deal with the present. You can find courage to help face the future. And we have an incredible promise of eternal life in heaven that will hold us secure no matter what. You and I who are in Christ we are not victims. We are not casualties. We are not doomsayers. We are overcomers, just like our Savior, our amazing Jesus, who overcame and said, I've overcome this world. And this little promise, hey, in this world, you're going to have troubles and trials, but you take heart. I've overcome this world. In me, you can find your peace, not in the circumstances that unfold around you, but in me. I'm with you. We may never fully understand suffering. We may never fully answer all the why questions of life. We may wrestle with why do, why do bad things happen to good people. But our Christian faith is built on the foundation, the reality that the worst possible thing happened to the best possible person, Jesus. And God still caused the ultimate good to come from it because he's a good, good father that he could bring us. God doesn't cause evil and suffering. Uh, God will work for our good in all things. The day is coming when suffering will cease and God will judge the evil of the world. Jesus promises to always be present in the ups and downs of our life in every good moment and every moment of suffering. God has guaranteed that our best days are still ahead of us. For those of us who have given our allegiance to Jesus, the best is still yet to come. So the why questions of life, they'll be there. They may be there right now for you. But the one who's bigger than the why is the who, and it's Jesus. So turn to him, friends. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we recognize that why questions are part of life. But we want to hold fast to this promise that you give your followers then and your followers now. That in you we can find peace. We may not be able to find peace in our circumstances, our situations, scenarios that are unfolding around us. But in you we can find peace. And that you promise that you've overcome. And as we ride with you, we get to overcome too. Even though our circumstances may be dire, they may be struggles. They are not the last word over us. Jesus, you and you alone bring the greatest and last word over our lives. So would you meet us in the down moments of life, in the why questions of life? Would you help us to experience your presence in fresh and new ways? God, in this season, in this moment, we pray that you'd help us to know in a new and refreshing way that we get to be overcomers just like you. We pray that in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Friends, we're going to take communion together uh, tonight, separate in our own homes, and invite you to lean into this. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of, of me, that this is one of those anchor moments that we continually come back to as we 
John, the Gospel of John says that we would believe in him and that we would keep believing. And so communion and the Lord's Supper is one of those activities that we do to remind us that uh, everything Jesus accomplished and all we have in him. And so I want to read a short passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians that Paul writes to the church in Corinth. Says, Look, this is how you do communion. And then I invite you and get create some space and time for you to take uh, a moment to reflect to take communion together as a family, as an individual, and then take a moment to pray. And then we'll continue on with our service. But uh, the Apostle Paul writes this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread. He gave thanks for it. He broke it. He passed it out to his disciples and said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, This is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood. Do this whenever you think of it. Do this in remembrance of me. And so take a moment to reflect, to take communion, to offer up a prayer, and we'll continue on with service. That's a very good word we just heard. Uh, let me just pray into it a little bit. Uh, Father, we thank you right now that you have overcome the world. You've provided us with everything we need for life and godliness. Um, there is going to be trouble, God. You don't want us to be ignorant of trouble and of death and sickness and, and hard times. They're, they're gonna come, God. This, this world, this life is full of that. And we just ask, God, that this word and this message that we just heard would be fully received into our hearts and we'd be able to walk in peace and a new understanding, God. We wanna see the world as you see it and live in it as you've called us to live in it. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, uh, if you've joined us today and you're new, uh, we have a, what we call a 10 minute party after this. It's on, it's on a Zoom call and uh, you can go to the Facebook feed and it's there, you can connect to that and we'll be able to talk. Um, also just want to thank everybody uh, who continues to give and give to our church in abundance of ways. People have been giving still their time, their energy, food, money, in all kinds of ways people in our church have been giving and we just once again say thank you and we appreciate uh, being a part of this together that we all get to partake in. Um, this Wednesday, a couple announcements this Wednesday uh, is our is our Wednesday night night of prayer and we're going to introduce a new uh, prayer practice for the month of May. Hope you guys will join us for that. Um, it's in the app under the events. So again, go to the app, go to the events page 
and click on that and you'll be able to connect with us on Wednesday night. Um, we'd love to see you guys there, connect with you. We'll have a little bit of conversation, a little bit of teaching, and then we'll do, do a little bit of prayer. Uh, also coming up soon, Thursday, May 21st, and also Saturday, May 23rd. So on the 21st, that's a Thursday night, and it's from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. is our first equip class. And we're going to be doing the same thing again at another time. One's at night, one's in the morning. So depending on if you're a day, if you're a night person or you're a morning person. Um, but those are the two times. The Saturday morning will be from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And that's his equip class. So anyone who's wanting to go deeper in the Lord, anyone who's wanting to be discipled, anyone who's wanting to have a coach, uh, ultimately to help them kind of walk through things. Uh, this equip class basically sets you up for that. So it, it kind of, it kind of explains what our church is all about. If you're new and even if you've been around a while, it kind of refreshes you in the vision and what the church is based on and where we're trying to go. And so I invite any of you who are interested in this to join us in one of these two sessions. Again, these sessions are the exact same Thursday night and Saturday. Again, Thursday, May 21st. Uh, 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday morning, May 23rd, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Hope to see you there. Uh, so with that said, so glad you guys were able to join us tonight. Uh, we, we enjoy hearing feedback and seeing who's connecting and who's not and, and seeing new people and all these kinds of things. So, so glad you were able to join us. Uh, we'll have one last song for you. So just, just enter in right now with this last song of praise. Last song of hope, because once again, Jesus has spoken peace over us. He has told us not to fear because of what he has accomplished and what we has done. So let's just worship him. Let's just thank him for what he's done and the peace that he's given us in this time and in this moment. Bless you guys all. Bye-bye. See you then.
fears are swept away, never fades. So take heart, that His love lead us on to hope and take courage again oh oh oh
Yes, Jesus, we just praise you. We thank you that you are with us. That truth that we get to sing, that you are with us. It's something that we can cling to, we can hold on to in this moment and in this season. So we just lean into the message tonight, God. We lean into this, uh, this promise that you gave your people uh, thousands of years ago, that, that you tell us these things in order that we may have peace. Because in this world, we will face trials. We will face tribulations. But we get to take heart because you've overcome all of that. So we just thank you, Jesus, that whatever our troubles, whatever our tears, whatever failures, whatever fears, doesn't matter. God, you've overcome all of those things. Thank you, Lord, that we get to live in that freedom. And so help us to walk in that freedom this week, Lord. Help us to live this out that when we wake up tomorrow, that we'll just have a fresh resolve in our hearts, uh, that we're gonna, we're gonna do this, we're gonna trust you, we're gonna know that you're with us, and because you're with us, there's nothing uh, that we have to fear. We have everything we need in our relationship with you, Lord. So we pray these things in your precious and your holy name, Jesus. Just a, a quick reminder uh, that we've got the Zoom chat going. So if you're new with us and you want to get to know a little bit more about Elements, you can jump into that. Uh, but for the rest of you, uh, we love you. We miss you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you all again. And uh, make sure you tune in next week. Uh, we'll be right back at it. So we'll see you then.